Dane Backridge, welcome. Thanks for having me, Rob. Now, you need to make sure that when we're when we're recording this podcast, you speak in a normal voice. Okay. Because sometimes the tendency is for people when they are recorded to change the way that they sound. Sure. Now, I can hear, there seems like there's a slight delay through the headphones. Yeah, should I can I hear turn, that as well. Should I turn ourselves off in our headphones so that you're just hearing our normal voices? Uh, I'm, look, this is my first time at it. I think. If we do that, though, there's probably no point wearing the headphones. Do you think the headphones give us greater legitimacy? Yeah, that's fine. I can. I think I can only hear you through the right ear instead of the left. Is that yeah. supposed to be that way? So you, your voice is coming from here and it's coming from here at the same time. Okay, I think I'll just leave it on. Uh, now, this is quite exciting being the first first ever recorded podcast episode. But the problem is I haven't... We haven't decided a title yet. That's true. Have you have you put any thought into it? I have. So there's you can either go with your name. So I could I mean I could have the some Robin derivation of my name. That's right. Or or you can give it a The World According to Rob. Well <laughs> <laughs> See the the risk of doing that is that you it you have the you run the risk of it sounding overly arrogant. A little bit pretentious. And maybe you can just have a little segment in the show called The wor- World According to Well, that's to true. You can that's sort true. Of, maybe we'll get a little egg timer or something like that and we can flip it and you can... Well, the other thing that you could do is have a look through existing podcast names and then choose the one that you like the best and, and just change it slightly. Yeah. So we could call it The, the John Rogan Show or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> No, you, no, I'm talking about names that are like interesting names. Sure. So I think I heard of one that was something like, So It's a Fish, mm. but that's the name. Okay. Which I feel I, I wouldn't go that route because it seems a little bit too abstract. Sure. Mm. But anyway, once we decide a name, I mean, the thing is, by the time this episode goes live, the show will have a name. That's pretty exciting. It is. It is. And and then it's like it's like being in a it's almost like being in a time capsule because we're speaking now and our listeners gain a, an insight into our minds how they work because by the time they listen to the episode the name will have been chosen. Yeah, that's it. Um I've noticed I've been nodding a few times and that's not very good for podcasts, is it? So Well, it doesn't really matter for podcasts, not as not as good for video. Podcasting shouldn't matter too much cuz they won't see your Head. Like the podcast is just the audio you read. Yeah, I know that. So if I'm acknowledging what you're saying, I probably have to go, yep, yep. Well, that's absolutely. true. Yes. So or they if can't I'm just see nodding, you. there's no, yeah, nothing in the middle there. Correct. Um, now we have set it up with two microphones, which I'm hoping is, works well. Um, we'll see. This is a bit of a test. For anyone listening, this is somewhat experimental. We're and pioneers. Well, there we are. But hopefully the discussion will be wide-ranging and engaging. But it's as much of a test as it is a genuine, a genuine episode. 
Um, why are we doing a podcast, Rob? Well, it's a good question. Why are we doing a podcast? Well, it seems like there's a, there's a movement away from traditional media and I feel like the wave has not yet peaked in that companies that got on to the internet in its infancy are now doing very well. So this could be the perfect time to start to start podcasting. Now that doesn't explain why we're doing it specifically other than it's a good time to start doing it. Because whilst podcasts are very popular, I feel like there's still a lot of people that would have never listened to a podcast, but there's not many people that would have that would have never listened to mainstream traditional media. That's it. So really we're just doing it so we can go viral and That's earn right. lots of money, isn't it? That's right. And give up our day we can, jobs. We can, we can, re- we can retire. We can people for a, a couple of well, hours. Well, is it a job? Is podcasting a job? Because if you think of it like this, everyone has conversations with people. Now, podcasting is essentially having conversations. with Unless it's a monologue. There are some podcasts that are just monologues. But if you're just chatting with people, is that a job? Um, I guess if you're getting paid for it, then people would say it's their occupation. Yeah. But I don't know. That's true. But the thing with that is, do you need any particular expertise? Uh, I, I guess it just depends what you're doing your podcast on. Like mm. when you look through the, the list, there are heaps of, um, whether it's journalists or or that sort of thing, where you definitely need a level of expertise to, to share what you're, you're talking about. Um and then, yeah, I guess there's a lot of other people who are just doing stuff that, that they're interested in or, um, yeah, they, w- they want to be heard. Yeah, I don't know. Because I've said this before that watching the Joe Rogan show is as makes me as envious of, of any <laughs> career that I can think of. Like there is – I can't think of any career that would be better than what he does. Because it's in his, like, he sets up the studio. Like, he, he's wealthy enough to buy the studio wherever he wants. So it's not even like he has to travel. So he's in L.A. And I presume he lives in L.A. I don't know that much about him. But I know his studio's in L.A. He's kitted it out to be, like, a little, a little man cave with all kinds of knickknacks. Like, when he had Elon Musk on, he got a fl- flamethrower, or not a flamethrower. He's got a samurai saw that he procru- procured from somewhere. And pretty and much the cool format stuff. is he just sits down and chats with people and he, yeah. they go for ages, don't they? Two, three hours. Yeah, some of them of are three and a half hours. But, but then the other... So not just that... Okay, so that's one element that it's arguably easy. I mean, not, there's an obviously some difficulties that, you know, the chats could be awkward and because you're getting new people on every time, you never know if it's going to be an easy conversation. So there's some level that you need a bit of... You know, it could still be a little bit awkward, but mm. generally speaking, it's a pretty simple job. Sit down and chat with someone. But the other thing is that he gets interesting people. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's getting, you know, renowned authors, musicians. Um, not that celebrities are necessarily interesting in and of themselves, <laughs> but people like that. Elon Musk, right? He's a cool guy. He's doing all this stuff. And he just gets to sit down and chat with him. Now, that video is up to, I think, last time I checked, about 15 million views. So you're getting 15 million people watching, plus all the people listening to him talking about AI and robots taking over human life. Yeah, yeah. So Elon, if you um, get to well, hear this right. one, well, we're very willing to have you on for our second episode. <laughs> um, we probably can't fly you across to Australia, but... Well, he can fly um, himself. Yeah, but... He would have to pay to be on our podcast. That's right. <laughs> um, 
but we will um, we'll definitely um, mention you. We'll hashtag you and all that sort of stuff in our in our also, feeds. Also, now another Eddie, stop tapping the table because our listeners are going to hear a bump every time you tap the table. All right, we'll do. But what? Okay, well, let's phrase it this way: What would be your reaction if if Elon Musk agreed to come on our podcast? Um, I would probably have to go away and spend all next week reading up about mm. stuff that, that he's done or he's into. Yeah. See, the thing is, I don't know that much about him. Yeah. I know that he, he seems to me to be like, he, he seems to be like our, like a, a, a real life Tony Stark. Mm. That I don't think he's a superhero, but his inventions, uh, that's, that's kind of the person I think of. Like a, a billionaire who has all these different pursuits. So he does like, and the other thing that's interesting about him and a bit bizarre is that he's got all these different companies that he started. So SpaceX. So he owns or runs a space exploration company as well as uh, an, an automotive company, which is, you know, Tesla, it's not just normal car company. They've got the self-driving cars and battery powered. And so it's like a, an innovative car company. And then he's also got a mining company, Boring Co., who, who he plans to use to uh, dig tunnels under LA mm. to improve their traffic flow. Yeah, and wasn't he involved with starting up PayPal as well? Yeah, Is that right? I believe he was one of the... Now, I think that's true. We don't have a tech guy yet. So, yeah. I, like, eventually... We'll be able to look over here and say, look that up, and they'll be able to... Pull that up, Jamie. Yeah. But we don't yet. But anyway, if we had a tech guy, we could check that. But I think, mate, I think he did start PayPal... So he's done all these cool things and and it's kind of like he's he's just like a obviously very intelligent but he's kind of like he seems like the kind of guy that's like that would think all right well what would be a cool thing to do uh I'm sick of being stuck in traffic driving around so I'll I'll mine tunnels underground to improve traffic flow and then he can do that because he's Elon Musk. Yeah. But the I think the other interesting thing is that he can have all of these things going on at the same time. So mm. not only is he a very clever guy himself, but he must, uh, whether it's he's got a, a great network of people or he's, because of his charisma and his character, he can bring people um, to, I guess, to see his vision and execute it because he's not the guy who's um, building the rocket ships to go into space. No. So he's not the guy um, designing what the Tesla cars need to look like. So I wonder what sort of influence he has got in all of these different um, well, yeah, I mean, I think he, I think you're right. He would delegate work and I'm sure people would come to him with ideas, but he's obviously capable enough to understand how things work. I mean, you don't start a sp- space exploration company if you've got no idea about engineering. No, of course. Apparently he, he reads so widely. Well, like, I think it's also the kind of thing where he would think, oh, we could do this, let's do that. And then passes it on to an engineer who then works out how how it's actually going to function. Do you think that he's going to be a, a historically significant person in the same way that mm. um, maybe not to say Da Vinci's level, but w- like when we think about great um, scientists through history, whether it's Da Vinci or, or Galileo or Newton, do you think that in hundreds of years people will talk about Elon Musk like that? Well, I think the thing. Uh, I think the thing that will determine that is how successful his enterprises are. Mm. So Tesla's, a, I think, a good example because if that goes on to be a leader in automated vehicles, then there's a high chance that he will. Yeah. But uh, from what I've heard, there seems to be a, a large 
there seems to be a high number of companies that are not able to survive financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly if you're starting up as a small name, which they had to start up competing against giants like General Motors and yeah, yeah. others. So if, if Tesla survives and becomes... Well, you would say they're already a, a leader in the field. But if they survive and pioneer that field, then probably yes. And depends what SpaceX does. But uh, like I think all of those people, um, they're great problem solvers and they're great visionaries. Mm. I don't know what sort of business acumen they had. Like I don't think um, mm. Da Vinci went away and patented things. And uh, No. Like I think that there's a, a business case for their longevity and their... Um, their legacy, but but I guess you're surrounded by people who do like that's why you, you, your companies have have boards, yeah. And then it's how wise you are in choosing people to manage those affairs and how good you are at delegating. Um, oh, and he's got a cult following, which is different from. Um, he has been in a bit of trouble recently, though. Oh yeah, for some tweets that he made about taking Tesla private. Oh, okay. Which backfired. But it seems like he's got out of it with a bit of a... Uh, more than so a is it a publicly risk, listed company? Yeah, it's or? a publicly listed company. And he made... He tweeted a few things. He tweeted a few thoughts about taking Tesla private, which okay. altered stock prices. Yeah. So the SEC looked into it. And I think the deal was he pays $20 million, He has to resign as chairman of the company for three years. And um, and then he has to have. I think he's got to basically like have a Twitter minder, mm. someone that checks his tweets. So he, he there's some kind of control of, of what he says publicly. Yeah. But surely a lot of those, maybe not Elon Musk and probably not Donald Trump. But there's got to mm. be a lots of celebrities who their official um, Twitter account or Instagram yeah. account. They're not well, the surely people that have who PR are firms that it. are doing it for them. Yeah. And they reckon Tom Brady's is is amazing. Like he doesn't post anything. They just get somebody else to come in and take photos yeah. or they um, they make different images to post up on his mm. account. Oh, I think you're right because probably a lot of them couldn't care less. Yeah. And the PR... Probably the firms. more politically inclined these people are, the more likely they are yeah, to, well, that's true. to do their own posting. Yeah. The other thing I will... The other comment I would like to make about Elon Musk, and I'll be curious to hear your thoughts, and I've spoken to... I've spoken to a few other people on this, is the... The desire to explore space when there's still existing, significant existing issues, problems on Earth. Mm. And I remember watching a Bill Maher video, one of his monologues on space exploration, looking at how Richard Branson, Elon Musk, and I think it was Jeff Bezos, Bezos, the the Amazon guy. I think they're all looking to colonize Mars. Okay. And so he was, he did this, I think it was about a seven minute video, seven minute monologue on, on how silly the idea is when there's so many problems on earth well earth is like an amazing place to live mars is not and the whole point was why are we looking to colonize mars when the temperature is unlivable you can't grow food there properly there's no water caustic soil or something like that and we live on earth where there's oxygen fresh water rainforests you know and then you think about why would we want to move and if we're looking at space exploration and things like that, you've got to think, who are the people who are working in these jobs? These are, are people with great minds um, who have had outstanding educations. What if those people were put to, to solving some of Earth's problems hmm. rather than working out well, how well, big a spaceship we can get? Or yeah, and there was something that came up. I think it was Elon Musk had sent an a automated vehicle around Earth, orbited around Earth, 
or something like that. And that was that that had happened pretty much the same time that Cape Town was about to run out of water. Yeah, yeah. And it just seemed. I remember thinking, why are we why are we so interested in exploring space when there's like thousands of people that die every year from cancer, mm. or you know we don't we can't fly personally, as in like I can't just Get put on my jetpack and fly. Yeah, yeah. There's things that would be so much cooler. Like I don't know anyone. And there obviously are people, but I don't know anyone who would rather be, who would rather have a, a spacecraft last, last uh, land on a comet, comet, what am I saying? A spacecraft. Land on another planet. Land on another planet or a comet traveling 40,000 Ks through space mm. or something. As, as a, who would rather that as opposed to having a personal aviation device? Yeah, yeah. Where you could strap something on and just fly around. Yeah. Like who would make that trade-off? But. We we spend so much money. Like, what is NASA? The budget's billions. Mm. If you were to divert that money, or say healthcare, which is probably a more realistic one, we we don't have a cure for cancer, yeah, or motor neuron disease, or dementia, things that affect hundreds of thousands of people around the world every year. Why do you think every problem's got a solution? Well, I would say no. The similar answer would be no. And look, maybe maybe there are some diseases that will always be with us. And yep. I'm no medical expert, so I've got no idea about it. Seems we're not <laughs> seems like cancer is hard to which cure. Is part of the reason for this podcast, well, isn't it? Well, that's right. But it seems like cancer is hard to cure. So obviously, it's not an easy fix of you just got to find the solution. But yeah, what's what solution are you looking for in space? Like, what's the mm. just to kind of gradually learn more about the universe? If it then the question will be, well, in, in what way does that serve us? Yeah, yeah. Like if we think about money, money expenditure serving a purpose, making life better in some way. Like that's why you spend money. You spend money to make your life better in some way. In what way is space explore, exploration making our lives better? Mm. Yeah, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. Um. Like I wish that SpaceX would transform into personal aviation device X. X. Yeah. <laughs> But imagine that. Imagine you put on a backpack, you walk out into your backyard and up you go. Mm. No, that'd be excellent. I think it's interesting that there's so many different, I don't know how many different countries there are that have got their own space mm. um, agencies. Well, Australia's just started one. Oh, yeah. I was watching um, an episode of Utopia the other day where they were talking <laughs> about um, that. But surely if we're going to look at other planets and things like that, um, the country that we come from on planet Earth is fairly immaterial in that, mm. I think. Don't you? Uh, I don't know. And I know that different countries have got their own um, reasons and there's always a great race to be either first to the moon or first into space or all these types of things. Um, but personally, I think that space exploration would be something which would be great to get pooled resources from, from everyone mm. uh, around the like globe. Like an international body yeah that's right and so if we've got yeah. our international space station up there where you've got um people from different countries there wouldn't it be nice to have a an international um space program rather than having yeah different well, cowboys yeah, running think, off and starting their own i think that would be better to having individual countries mm. launch their own programs but I would still maintain that... It still doesn't solve the, the hoverboard problem or the, the problems But if Earth. you were to think of the combined expenditure, the combined total expenditure internationally that is spent on space exploration, and not even exploration, just like research, so 
the space station. Yeah, yeah. Getting into space. Scrap all that. And if you were to divert all of that money towards, say, curing cancer. Yeah, yeah. Who, who would be saying that's not like, if we are able to cure cancer, surely there would be, it would be almost impossible to justify that space exploration is more of a priority than curing a disease that kills thousands of people per year. Mm. And you, maybe, maybe, maybe you could argue that, but not if you knew someone that had cancer. Like, no one who has a relative who has cancer is saying, well, I'm glad that there's a multi-billion dollar space station where astronauts can live for a year and, and study things when we can't cure these diseases. But then I guess money becomes relative because then it's like, well, why am I spending money on this when I could be giving it to cancer research? So I guess everyone has... Why, yeah. why would you want to build a new sports stadium, for instance? Mm. Um, I actually like the idea of the sports stadiums. but Well, it becomes, I guess, a, I just feel like I, there's... I think that's just... like That's the sort of line that you hear a lot of um, opposition leaders or, or people who are in the opposition of government talk about why isn't this money being spent on health and education. Mm. It's sort of the... Um, I feel like it's almost a cliche line. Um, mm. If we're spending money on anything which isn't health or education, um, then that's just the the retort that they can hit back with. Yeah, um, which I do get a little bit tired of. As well, well, and and it, uh, yeah, it is. There's got to be some point in which money is not spent on the number one priority because ultimately, you could then say, well, why is any money spent on anything other than, you know, necessities? Yeah, but. Yeah, I would still make the make the case that a personal aviation device is more of a priority than space exploration. But I feel like I mean that's obviously a you know a personal personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. If you were running the budget, we'd have a yeah a big. That's one of my dreams. If I got if I got three wishes from a genie mm. at any point in my life, one of one of my wishes would be to have control over the world's finances. Oh, I thought to you were direct say, in the way that I chose. I thought you were going to say that my dream would be to be able to fly or something like <laughs> well, that. that <laughs> I, would, I was going to go with fly if I get to choose between those. Well, two that would things. be one of them. That would be one of them. To be able to fly would be awesome. Yeah. But imagine you had control of the entire world's finances. Oh, that's too much pressure. I think I'm not built for. Well, I haven't you, even studied yeah, economics, Rob. If, <laughs> but if you could just kind of prioritize where that spending went mm. or maybe it would be okay you mainly mainly just let it go but then say you scrap all weapons programs because if no one had weapons then it it's no different to everyone having weapons yeah and well let's say just you know ballistic sounds missiles. like the next let's chapter animal farm. yeah but then you get rid of <laughs> that's right and i'll just keep a few for myself <laughs> but you get rid of all that and the billions of dollars on that Get rid of space exploration, billions of dollars on that, mm. and then start diverting them into things that I would find personally interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was reading the other day. Did you know that um, if you collected all of the people on planet Earth, um, if they were to live at a population density of New York City, which isn't even the, the most mm. heavily um, populated city on Earth, that everyone could fit into New Zealand mm. and then the rest of the globe could become a food bowl or... Well, in one of my uh, in one of the books I've listened to recently on economic facts and fallacies, mm. it's overpopulation is currently an economic fallacy. Yeah, yeah. In that there's no justification for saying that overcrowding is happening because the most resources on a, are in on the a city. global level. At yeah, least. like I think you can. There's definitely places. Um, 
like defined areas of the world where overcrowding is an issue. But, but on a, how a do you? Sense. But how do you determine that? Because the basic gist seems to be, the more heavily concentrated people are, the more heavily concentrated resources are, and the more concentrated people are, the easier it is to gain resources because there's more people to um, produce them. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the more rural an area is, the less resources they have because the harder it is to get around. So if you're in the city, then buying groceries is easy. Um, plumbing, so, sewage so works are easy to provide because there's, there's, uh, there's a higher density. So isn't it that, um, that overpopulation is an issue when the infrastructure isn't there to support it? So we can, yeah, we can support people at a, a very high um, concentration as long as we've got stuff there to support them. And that's the difference be- between, say, living... I've never stepped foot in Singapore, but Singapore is very, very highly populated, but the infrastructure there is outstanding compared to, say, the a slum in Kenya where you've got people yeah. living really close but together. But see, that's not an issue of overpopulation. That's an, issue, that's an issue of the economy yeah, yeah. and culture. Because it's, and, and this is one of the things that people often get wrong in their understanding of the world is that they conflate issues that... I mean, the issue is not overcrowding or overpopulation. The issue is poor economic strategies, poor infrastructure. But that's not uh, overcrowding is not co- is not causational. Yeah, yeah. That's maybe a, a result that you have a lot of people living together in. But then even okay, so but even it comes if you think foresight, doesn't it? Like nobody plans to to drop a slum there, especially if people have been displaced or had to have had to to move. If they just uh, arrive there suddenly. Um, and the infrastructure is not there. I think that's where the issues occur. Like I don't think the the town planners in in Kenya or anywhere else where there there are slums have gone. Okay, here's our CBD. This is our um, no. our lifestyle you get district, slums, and we'll put the the slum over the other. You side. get slums because of a lack of effective economic strategy. Yeah, and a lack of cultural understanding of how to build a successful city. But you look at the <clears throat> the poorest areas are always rural. Mm. Um, because it's harder to get resources there. So think of a place like sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah, yeah. How do you get resources there? Or say the Scottish Highlands. Like they were way behind... Um, the rest of the UK. Yeah, because the, the region is far more difficult to, to, to give resources to, to get resources to. Yeah, yeah. But it is, yeah, it is an interesting idea... Um, but, yeah, in terms of being a food bowl, I think that's, that's the misconception is that um, we, we need that. Like, uh, the, other, the other thing is that, the other fallacy about that is that poverty is going down, homelessness is going down, um, illness is going down, whilst the population is going up. So it's, it's a very difficult argument to support that the world is becoming more difficult to sustain... When all the, by any metric that you would measure kind of um, in, improved life conditions by, it's, in, it's improving. Yeah, yeah. Whilst the population's going up. So it's, I think it's a very difficult case to, to argue that um, overpopulation is a problem. Like maybe, maybe thousands of years into the future. But it's something like, okay, and this was a statistic that again, I need Jamie here to pull up, but <laughs> it was something like, only 
10 it's less than 10% of America's landmass is is habited. Like I think it's of something the USA like yeah, the USA 90% is um, uninhabited. Yeah. And Australia would be way more than that. Like Australia's habit habit habited areas would be inhabited areas would be um, minuscule. But how much of it is habitable? Like well, in uh, America, a lot of it is. Uh, yeah, well, I guess you see in the United States, you've got cities that are, are all the way across. We're in Australia, we've got a, a big yeah. desert. I remember when I was in school, somebody said that um, if you look at the area of Australia and then you look at how many uh, people there are, if you divide it out, everybody gets I don't know, a couple of square kilometres, something mm. like that. You go, oh, that's excellent. I'll take the, the bit from sort of Bondi down to, to Coogee and that'll yeah. be my space. But no, if that's how it works, and most people are just going to have a big sand pit mm. for a backyard, aren't they? So, mm. Yeah. Yeah, unless they build underground homes. Mm. Everyone can move to Cooper Pedy. Mm. Yeah, well, we could get if if the if the visionaries that want to um, that want to colonize Mars, we can just send them out to Central Australia. That's right. We can get Elon like Musk to, to come yeah. out here and grow some potatoes in the desert. Next episode, we'll we'll talk through our solutions. With well, Elon. it is interesting because you look at somewhere like Israel. Yeah. Now, Israel is a very the current state of Israel is a very you say harsh landscape, but they've they've cultivated that pretty well. Yeah. Like you see pictures, and I've never been to um, never been to Israel, but you see pictures of these like you know areas that were once barren, um, you know, rocky mountains that they've turned into forests yeah, because yeah. they're careful with irrigation, the type of things they plant. So, I've just finished reading um, Sophie Thompson's book on gardening, and she's talking about how you can look after different soils. So if you've got mm. your your clay soil, then you want to be putting gypsum and trying mm. to get aeration into it. Or if you've got sandy soil, you want to put a lot of organic material and mm. compost into it. And I think that's something that I've learned recently is that um, the soil that you start with doesn't have to be the soil that you you finish with. Yeah. But you can um, like you can put a lot of work into it. And I'm not saying that the middle of Australia is going to become a rainforest, but um, uh, you can have a, a lot of influence in what your garden's going yeah, to be. Yeah, to what like. level could you cultivate it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. The, the thing with gypsum I've wondered is how it affects different plants. I've never wondered anything about gypsum. Well, when we first moved in here, this was our house was completely clay. Yeah. Completely okay. clay-based. So I heard early on that gypsum helps, gypsum helps break down clay. So I, I put a fair bit of it down. But then I started thinking... Because well, it's basic, isn't it? It changes the pH level. Is that right? Yeah, well, I think that's what it... Well, yeah, I don't know. But I think it does alter the pH level and obviously works in some way to break down the clay. But I'm, I, don't know, I don't know how. Mm. But my thing was I started putting it down and I thought, well, maybe I'm putting it down too regularly because I'm, there's obviously plants that wouldn't like it. So then maybe I should just put it on the grass... Yeah, I don't know, but I've thought because I do, I've put it down a few times, but I don't want to be. The difficult thing is when you get a, a full garden with a variety of different species, of plants. They all, well, not all, but a lot of them like different soil yeah, conditions. Yeah, not everything wants to have the the same sort of soil. And um, I know, like reading about some plants and flowers that come from China, and they they're in sort of limestone soils that are really basic, and they enjoy that. I think I think camellias might. I think peonies. Um, do as well and then you've got other things that really thrive in acidic soil mm. so blueberries and i think azaleas really like that as well um, yeah you can fact check that if you, citrus. you'd like yeah 
I do have a computer here. I mean, I could fact check things, but uh, we'll wait for our our assistant to come on before That's we. That's right. When we get Jamie, we can. So like if we were to get an assistant, they w- it would be a pretty it would be a pretty humiliating job. And you wouldn't put the assistant on camera there, no. would you? You'd well, they're not going to make camera behind the scenes. And you'd have to, well, you'd have to be making a fair bit of money to get an assistant, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, I wonder how many podcasts have a dedicated audio guy or girl. Yeah, yeah. And whether it's just like, oh, I'm your wife or I'm your, you know, teenage, Sitting teenage brother or whatever. Looking stuff up and playing with the sound levels. But what sound levels do you need to play with once you get going? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, I wonder if Jamie does the editing. Because even though it's just like... So every time you talk about Jamie, you're talking about the Joe Rogan show? Yeah. Josh Rogan. I f- yeah. Joe Rogan. Um, Gavin McGuinness calls in the nerd. Okay. But, um, yeah, I'm assuming he does the editing, which would be a bit of a job because even though it's like there's no cutting of segments, there's still like obviously the different Bouncing camera Bouncing from one face to another. So, I mean, ours is just, the camera's just on us the whole time. But when if we make it big, is if probably, probably if is more likely than when, but if we make it big... We would have, have three camera cameras. Up here, camera up here. That's right, and then and then we cut to this one. That just becomes then the the occasional shot. Yeah. But then the we need we need Jamie shots. to cut the different angles, yeah. so that it's not just the, the two of us. Because we can have a, a camera for Jamie as well. I think. Well, then you have a little like a little GoPro, and yep. I think then you want you want maybe like a different lens. So then, like the little bubble lens, says like, oh, this is the sound guy. He's not really that important. Yeah. You put sort of a grainy filter over it so you can tell it. It's, yeah, mm. it's not as important. It doesn't matter as much. Now, it would be... And the other... I mean, it's a strange thing because I think, did did Joe Rogan get to the level of popularity where it's like, all right, I'll advertise on Gumtree or in the classifieds for a, an audio go for my podcast? Yeah. Like, and, then, and then if you're Jamie, are you thinking, all right, well, I need a job and I've just seen an ad- advertisement for a podcast, an AV guy. Yeah, yeah. Or is it like, all right, this is Jamie's my mate's son. He's at uni. You know, he's doing sound, you know, audio visual or whatever. He could he could do that for you, Joe. Yeah, uh, coming from LA, I would imagine that there's got to be a lot of people um, over there doing sound and lighting, and yeah, he's probably applied for the job. Showed that he can navigate. Google so you reckon he would have? You reckon he would have advertised? Like, I need a, I need a guy to pull up <laughs> and then it's like all right what are your job responsibilities well when i'm talking my podcast i will occasionally need images quotes videos pulled up from google can you do that yeah yeah i'll do that but then he probably also needs to do like the i would say he would put the videos together mm. and i would say he would handle the sound which again is very simple because it's just two microphones and they would be set to the same volume. Yeah. Like yeah. he's not sitting there on a fader. It's basically like a DJ at a wedding who's not really a DJ because they just press play. Yeah. And they would have their little playlist. It's not like he's switching between, yeah. you know, turntables <laughs> and having to like synchronize beats yeah, or, yeah. or cut yeah. them in. He's just playing song after song. He's just got Why Spotify do they wear headphones? Why do they wear headphones? Builds legitimacy, I think. Maybe it's a big farce. It is a big farce. <laughs> like I could do it. Yeah. All I would do is put a playlist on my iPhone 
plug it into the sound system, which is most likely already at the venue. Especially if you've got a separate DJ to an MC. Like I think sometimes yeah. at, at a venue you'll have somebody who's your, your front of house and you know that they're the person that's calling the shots mm. and navigating when the speeches are happening and this and this and that. But if your sole responsibility is music, mm. are you the DJ because you bring in your own speakers and your own equipment then? Well, maybe. But would this be an idea? You canvas the local DJ market. Yeah. Right? You see what the... Canvas is how we say it. I it? say canvas. But you canvas the local DJ market. You can, um, you can comment in our comment section yeah. on, whether, comment it's, on <laughs> whether it's canvas or... Now, just quickly, before we come back, I'm going to digress quickly. Yeah. Because that, that comment about commenting reminded me of Dude Perfect. Yeah. Who You watched Dude Perfect, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So oh, they, the they are like card incredibly card. popular. Yeah. So Joe Rogan, I'm like, well, he's pretty popular. He gets on average, what, three, three million views. Do you like 50 million? Yeah. They got something like 48 million subscribers or something. It could be even more than that. Like that's insane. So each video, imagine, imagine filming videos where you are certain or as certain as you can be that your video is going to get more views than Australia has people. Yeah, because it's a brand now. It's not just a video. Like that's crazy. Anyway, I digress. So you could converse the the local DJ market, work out what the the median price is. Yeah. And then you just undercut that. And what you do is off eBay, you get some just turntable lookalikes. They don't yeah. actually need to be turntables. Get a photo with you behind some turntables, headphones on, and then and you market yourself that way. So if if a if a um, you know and you just a, turn up with a couple of well, if there's a wedding being organised, people getting married, they organise their wedding and they think, all right, we need a DJ, we we won't mm. go a live band. What what are the options? Well, they'll converse the local DJ market, yeah. and they'll say, all right, this guy's significantly cheaper than the median DJ price. He looks like he knows what he's doing. He's got the turntables there. He's got his headphones. He looks like he's into it. Maybe, depending on how far you want to go, you even put some um, sunglasses on in your picture. With the little lines through it. So, yeah. <laughs> like red foo. Yeah. And then maybe if you want to take you it to the totally neck that. level, then you oh, wear a Hawaiian yeah. shirt. Yeah. But you do all that in your photo and you, you come across as cheaper. So do you get the call. Can you do this date? Yes, I can do that date. This is your price. Yeah. I'll drop $50 off. Right, so then you're even a little bit less. So you turn up, let's say you charge $300, which seems pretty cheap. Then you literally make a playlist on your iPhone, plug it in, boom, away you go. And then all you have to do is you just, you kind of, you know, bob along, and every so often you're like, touch your headphones. Like you're doing, but, and you don't even have to press play because it's going, yeah. and then you could, then when you've done a few gigs and you, you know, your, your name's kind of out there. Then you can start to tailor it to the individual wedding by saying, oh, what style of music do you like? Any particular songs that you want? Do you want to have a look through my playlists? That's right. sort of thing. And, and then you do it. And, I mean, not great hours, you know, Saturday nights till late. So not ideal. I wouldn't do it. But it's like going to be a pretty easy job. And then you just have to buy the speakers. But you know what you do as well then? You don't just put your ad in as the cheap guy. You also make another ad with maybe a second phone number, maybe yeah. you get a cheap prepaid phone and you've got your deluxe package, yes. which is you, but instead of wearing a Hawaiian shirt, you're wearing a leather jacket yeah, or something yeah. like that. And then you just fill out the um, the classifieds ads. I don't know if anyone looks through classifieds ads. For Online the classifieds. But I feel like that's a pretty... Like I could be missing something. 
But yeah. I feel like that's a pretty safe way to make some money because you can turn up loud and like yeah. you get a good sound system. And then let's say you do, say you spend two grand on a sound system. Now two grand will get you a pretty good PA system. Yeah. Because all you really need is a couple of speakers and a, and a mixer. You don't, you might you don't need be able to sneak a smoke machine in there if you oh, can. Oh, yeah, yeah. And a strobe light. Yeah. But you do that, so say two grand is getting very good quality and just turn up loud. Mm. Like you don't need to have any expertise with DJing. And then you can call yourself a DJ. Oh, what does your dad do? Oh, he's a DJ. Yeah. Well, no, he just plays music on his iPhone. Yeah. He's not a DJ. No, he's just got some speakers. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> he owns some speakers <laughs> and he's clever with marketing. Yeah. He built some fake turntables. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are some jobs that I think, you know, that wouldn't be enviable. I think it's definitely doable um, because it's so easy, but it wouldn't be enviable because you'd feel like a bit of a fraud. Yeah, but yeah. as I said, having a successful podcast, and, and there are some podcasts that require expertise. So there are some podcasts where, you know, you're commenting on a particular field. Whereas there's some podcasts, they're just chatting. Like or or you've now. had to do a lot of research and you're recounting information that you've, you've yeah. found or you've come across. Yeah. Which is slightly less interesting because then you've got to do a fair bit of research and it's... It's less interesting like it's, for not, the presenter or for the you're listener? You're not riffing. No, for the presenter. It's more interesting for the listener, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. He's actually Because I don't think something. Dr. Carl just sort of stumbles across it. No. Yeah, let me tell you. Well, he, he's done a, a lot of reading, I'm Yeah, there's sure. a philosophy podcast I've listened to, and it's, I wouldn't say it's hugely in-depth. It's pretty yeah. um, entry-level, 20 to 30-minute episodes. But even 20... So you're speaking for 25 minutes. Mm. There's still a fair few, fair few pages you have written down to be able to fill that time up. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's specific you know, expertise-based knowledge. It's not... But, geez, the ones where you're just chatting, see, I wonder how much you'd make from that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, if you've got the, you know, if you've got a top 10 international podcast, you've got to be making a fair bit. Yeah, no, that'd, that'd be... Um, oh, absolutely. If you're getting that many hits, that many listens, people are mm. going to be lining up to sponsor you. See, the problem is the southwest Sydney. Who are you going to get out in the southwest of Sydney? This is my worry with this podcast. So I that's where we're located at the moment for all you people listening all right. around the world. Southwest of Sydney um, at a professional studio. Yeah. But the question is, how many people are going to be willing to come out here to appear on our podcast? Mm. Hmm. I mean, if we, get, if we get to the level of Joe Rogan, you could pay people to come out. So are you suggesting that maybe Elon needs to fly us over to LA for well, our next Well, look, episode? he was here in Adelaide couple of years ago to, to install a, the batteries you know, that was this year i think this yeah. year was this year last Started year this year i think it anyway was. so maybe it's like you're in adelaide can you swing by sydney hmm. maybe he would do it but maybe it's like you've built up a bit of a relationship with him chatting about things you've been to a few parties that he's hosted who knows i don't yeah. know how it would work um but the other alternative the more likely alternative for us is skype oh yeah which is obviously not as good quality. Yeah. And the videos, you know, it's not this kind of high quality production that we've got. Mm. But you at least hear someone that knows something about yeah, something. Yeah. Mind you, on the, the cover of the, the local paper, there was a guy who was in the, the year below me at school who's mm. going to be playing against Usain Bolt in the, mm. the soccer um, next week. So that's pretty exciting. I might be able to, to drag mm. Simo onto the, the show if I can. Yeah, I wonder. Um, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Well, I think this would be exciting. The exciting bit would be the anticipate, like at the beginning of a relationship, where it's like you've got this unlimited potential. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. 
So if you were to, uh, if you were to gain a bit of popularity, like a shred of popularity, and I don't know what that would look like. But more then than what the mini golf connoisseurs have got at the moment. More I than think. what the mini, although the mini golf connoisseurs do have some like fifty subscribers on YouTube. Okay. Which is you know to think that most 50 of which are people, school, school well, children. Well, possibly, possibly, but still fifty of them. Yeah. It's not bad. Better than anyway. I, but if, if you're you not one of those fifty as well, make sure you check out the mini golf right. connoisseurs. There's Click. some great content. Yeah. Uh, we'll put a, a link in the the bio. Is that what you say? No, I think it's the notes section. In the notes section of this video. Yeah. But anyway. Back to what I was saying is if you get a small shred of popularity, mm. it would be kind of exciting to be like emailing people. Yeah. Hey, can you appear? We'd love to have you on our podcast. You know, insert the name of whatever the podcast comes to be called. To na- yeah, we've got this pod- many subscribers. You know, we, uh, we'd love to have you on. And then you get the email back. Yeah, I'd love to be on. Give me yeah. a call. And then it'll be like, that would be a rush. That would yeah. be exciting. Um, we can possibly come to you as well if you're well, around the this place. Is a portable I, setup. I mean, this is a portable setup yeah. at a hotel. See, this is what I'm thinking. And again, it may be a pipe dream, maybe unrealistic. But if there's a, an author visiting, yeah. you know, go to a hotel room. That'd be pretty cool. As in you book it in, not, not just turn up at their hotel room. Hey, can I do no, a we can just No, we can plug it on the show. It's good, good publicity, good marketing for them. Yeah, and we just, you know, take our, so take here our we camera, are, bring the, the laptop, everything's ready to go. Here we are at the Jolly Night on the, the Hume Highway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at <our>, a <at> Kasula. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, just ignore the, the banging in the room next door. It's, um, we've covered it, up the peephole. So. It's, it's not our sound system. We can't yeah. help that. Uh, that'd be good. Um, I was reading on my, my news feed the other day how these Instagram influencers mm. are... Um, emailing or, or trying to get in touch with hotels in sort of fancy destinations saying um, we want you to shout me sort of five nights accommodation here uh, and in return we'll do I don't know three or four posts on Instagram that mm. and they'll sort of get hundreds of thousands of likes mm. this sort of idea um, and how some people who have got massive massive followers followings on instagram can do that really successfully but then you've got all these other pretenders coming through mm. not like us yeah. um who have got maybe i don't know a thousand followers no we don't have any followers, followers. So. and um we're not pretending we can't pretend <laughs> and, and they're trying to, to propose the same thing uh, i want two nights free accommodation at the hotel i'll do a couple of shots maybe even in a bikini this sort of thing mm. and um try and come to an agreement that way a bit of um, mutual advertise. How do you become an Instagram um, influencer? I think you need to be thin and beautiful. But it can't just be good looks, is it? I mean, there's going to be more than just being good looking. You don't even have social media, I know. But I was thinking of getting it back. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, if I'm starting a podcast, I've released some music and started a blog, there's yeah. literally no way for me to get any kind of... Traction. Traction. Yeah. What, like, what's what's your music called? This is a good time to, to play. Oh, that. yes. White Paper Wings. Check it out. On all, what do you say, online music? Now, did leading, you find it? Leading online music. Leading on, on music. Oh, look, I go to iTunes. I had a few people ask me where you can find it. Yeah. Like, it is on, online. Yeah. I, I kind of assume that everyone bought music online now, but obviously yeah, not. Yeah. Now, did Chenyu end up finding the album? Chenyu is my wife. Um, or did she stop looking? She, I have not been in the room. Mm. Well, she's been looking. Because so I, I assume she stopped looking sure. when she got it. Okay. She didn't find it. Um, like, I assume that she wasn't a big enough fan of mine to persist in searching for it after her initial... Yeah, she... I don't... As I said, I haven't been in the room when she's been looking. Maybe she has, maybe she hasn't. Mm. But, um, 
Yeah, I don't on Instagram. I don't follow anybody who I think is an influencer. My Instagram mm-hmm. feed, feed is full up of um, gardening and architecture, mm. and that's about it, really. But I, yeah, I just wonder how do you get that level of popularity, and then for people on Instagram who decide who you follow. Yeah, I mean, it's just always been a bizarre thing to me because I think. But Why I think would you I can, follow this person? You can buy followers as well, like artificial ones to sort of pump your, yeah. your numbers up a little bit. But as in, let's say you're a real person. Yeah. Like yeah. let's say you're a 15-year-old boy. Yeah. You're a 15-year-old boy and maybe you're interested in music, so maybe you follow your favourite musicians, bands. You find a few sports personalities, you like follow them, fair enough. Like it was a TV show, you follow, you know, a couple of the characters on that or the actors on that, yeah, fair yeah. enough. But then you get some random person that pops up as a suggestion. You know, some just model, some guy that looks like a model yeah. who's got two million followers. Why do you decide to follow him? Like, what's the logic behind a, a, an Instagram influencer? Yeah, look, I don't know. When it comes to me, um, something pops up. I'll normally have a, a quick look through what are the photos that um, they've posted already. And I think, is this the sort of stuff that I want in my feed? Mm. And if it is, I'll follow. If it's not, I don't. Mind you, I've got... I think I follow maybe a hundred different things. Mm. So there are other people who have followed heaps, heaps um, more things than I have. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I wonder. Well, yeah, it is an interesting one. Well, I feel like we've we've covered a fair bit of ground today. Yeah, yeah, not bad for. Maybe a, this is a good time to wrap it up. I think so. How long are we going for? Have you got a, a timer on there? Uh, I do. It's, it's in bars though, so I don't know the time. I didn't check my watch when we started. Okay. I'd, oh, I'd assume we've we've passed the half hour mark. I would assume. That's pretty good. Hopefully the video camera is still recording. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we can go back to watching the game now. All right, that's right. And uh, to all our listeners, signing uh, off. So I was, I was going to say congratulations on sticking out our first podcast because if you if you are still listening at this point. And <laughs> that's quite impressive. That warms my heart <laughs> so much. Um, yeah, maybe we, next time we might talk a little bit about who we are because at the moment we're just yeah, voices, aren't we? Maybe. From the southwest Sydney. And yes. I have a wife named Chen Yu, which sort of whittles down the possibilities. Um, did we even say that your name's Rob and my name's Dane at the start? No. Or do we just jump straight But I feel like it? that will come out as, as the show evolves, yeah. actually. And when um when Jamie does the with the camera, he can put out little names underneath at the yeah, start. So, and yeah. Your new Instagram name and my, yeah. That'll well, be great. I'm thinking not Instagram, maybe Facebook. Oh, okay. So Instagram is a bit harder to publicise articles and things. Right. Um, we might explore that next time because we said maybe. we were signing off now. Um, until next time. All right. <laughs>